uh, in this study talking about trusting God when life hurts. Amen. Trusting God when life hurts. Amen. 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 All of us have been through some type of life hurt. Am I right about it? Amen. Uh, we've experienced frustrations. Uh, we've had unfulfilled dreams. We've had business that failed. Come on, somebody. We've had situations that happened. Amen. And in the midst of all of this, we understand that it is an opportunity, amen, for us to exercise our faith, but it's also an opportunity to trust in the God that you cannot see. Do I have anybody? Circumstances can cause us, and emotional pain can cause us to miss what God is trying to do in our lives. So tonight, I want to continue with this study, and I want to start talking about tonight. Here's the question tonight. Can you trust God? Good question. Right? Now, I know, and you know I talked about this on Sunday, right? We've been told, don't you question God. Am I right about it? But here's the thing. Can you trust God? Even when life seems to be going, not going our way, amen. Even when life seems like it's falling apart, the question is, can we really trust God? Now, some of you may say, yes, pastor, I can trust God. I've been doing it all my life. I've been trusting him through the good days, through the bad days. But every now and then when life deals you Amen. Stuff that you did not expect. Come on, somebody. You, you start wondering, where is God? Do I have anybody? We, we even may start thinking, amen, that because we've been doing so good that we may be immune from some things. Amen. But I want to tell you something, as long as you live in this body, as long as you're on this earth, in this fallen condition that we're in, you and I will experience things, watch this, but those things that we experience should cause us, listen to me real good, should cause us to trust God even more. Do I have anybody? So the question tonight, the next question tonight is, when all of this is happening, remember this, you ask this question, where is God? You look at scripture, you find that Job, when he went through his situation, right? Amen. Now, he did not question God, but after a while, Job's situation started to prolong. The advice that he got from his friends caused him, I'm trying to help somebody today. You've been holding on for a little while now, but all of a sudden, these voices that you're hearing around you may be causing you to question whether or not God has forgotten you. Do I have a witness? And I want to tell somebody something tonight. God's love never fails. I want you to go to Psalm 32. Let's go there first tonight. Psalm 32. Let's go there. Let's go there. Psalm 32. My goodness. My goodness. 
and verse 10. All right, I want to back up for a minute. Uh, well, let's just do that because if I back up, we ain't never going to get through this. So let me just, let me right here. Look at it. Yeah, okay. Many are the sorrows of the what? Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but he who what? Huh? Trusts in the Lord, loving kindness shall what? So what I see in the text is that there is a benefit in trusting God. Now the word loving kindness, the Hebrew word for the word loving kindness is haith. And that Hebrew word means a love that never fails. A love that is always there no matter if you don't see it or feel it. He says that the one who trusts God his love, oh, I thank God for his love. Can I tell you something? I thank you for his loving kindness because if it had not been for his loving kindness, I would have given up a long time ago. Listen, you don't understand that when you put your trust in God, his love surrounds you. Do I have anybody? People ask questions. They question themselves. And they start asking, can I really trust God? And when you ask the question, can I really trust God, what you're really asking is, and what you're really saying is, is he dependable? You, you heard the old, old, old saints say, he may not come, but he show up. Come on and help me with y'all. Would y'all help me tonight? He will show up what? Right. Is he dependable? Now, 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 I'm going to help you tonight. I'm going to help you tonight. I'm going to help you tonight. Watch this. Watch this. Here's the thing. If you're asking the question, can you trust God, I got a question for you. Do you have a relationship with God? <laughs> and here's the question. What type of relationship do you have? Do you have a Sunday morning relationship? Do you have a Come on and help me, somebody. Do you have a Tuesday morning relationship? What type of relationship do you have with God? Because the stronger your relationship with him, the more confidence you have to believe that God is going to show up right on time. Do I have a witness? Look what he says. His loving kindness shall surround him. Verse 11. He says, be glad in the Lord and rejoice you, his righteous one. And shout for joy, all you who are what? Upright in heart. You see, I believe people trust God. Some people trust God when it's the last resort. When, when, it's, when they've tried, oh Lord Jesus, come on, help me tonight. When they've tried everything and everybody else, when they've called every charity, when they've called every organization, come on somebody, when all you had to do was just drop on your knees and the Bible says that he gives to the righteous even in their sleep. I'm trying to help somebody tonight. Amen. It's not easy though to trust God in times of adversity. It's not easy. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you the truth. James says, this is what James chapter 1, James says, consider it all joy. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute now, my brethren. When you encounter various trials. 
Now that word various in the Greek, that word means multicolor. Have you ever been surrounded by multicolor trials? Let, let, let me give you a multicolor trial. Let me, let me show you something. You wake up that morning, your car won't start. Amen. You, you, you go back inside to call somebody because you left your cell phone inside and you realize you locked your key in your car that just wouldn't start. Come on, somebody. And then now you locked out the house and you locked out the car and you wonder. And then you go to the mailbox and the light bill went from white to pink. You know when it goes to pink, what's happening? It skipped one color from yellow to pink because you know they coming to shut you off. Do I have anybody? And then you're telling me, Pastor, trust in the Lord. Are you serious? See, but when you know God, and when you have a relationship with God, come on, somebody. Amen. You know. You know something. You know. And listen, you can blame the devil all you want, but let me say something to you. The devil get blamed for stuff he didn't even do. And you know what I know about that? He likes that. He, really, he ain't got no problem with you blaming him as long as you don't trust God. Lord have mercy. As long as you depend on yourself, as long as you blame everybody else for your situation, he's happy. Are you with me? Watch this, watch this, watch this. Let, 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 let's do this, let's do this. Let, let, let me, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself. All right? So, so most of us will find as we live that we're in always in three different phases or places in life. Either we're coming out of a storm, in the middle of a storm, or going into a storm. I'm going to say it one more time. Either you're coming out of a storm. How many of you, you coming out? Listen, it's been a minute. Listen, you, listen you, you, you made it, though. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. You made it. It's all right. You made it. Watch this. Some of you right now, you're in the middle of it. You're in the thick of it right now. You're trying to figure out, what am I going to do? I've been holding on. You're taking it day for day. But, baby, I want to tell you something. Those of you watching online, those of you who are here, you hold on just a little bit longer. Hold on just a little bit longer. Why? Because God is going to show up. In the middle of the storm. See, in the middle of the storm is where you develop your trust. Here's the thing about people. We don't like pain. And when we think about God, we think that with God, because I'm trusting him, because I'm going to church, that everything should be good all the time. Let me get back to James. He said, consider it all joy. When you, when you encounter various trials, he says, knowing what? Knowing this, that the what? The testing of your what? Faith. Can I tell you something? God is allowing the test so that your trust level will go up. Because the only way for you to find out if he's reliable is if you go through something to test that principle. How many believe that he's able? That he can do what he says he can do. Listen, we ain't just saying that, are we? Are we just saying that? How many, been there? How many of you testify? Listen, I was at the bottom, but God brought me to the top. I've been through the storm and the rain, and I made it. I made it. 
I'm not where I really want to be right now, but I'm getting closer. I'm not trying to be better than anybody. What I'm trying to do is walk this individual journey and learn what I got to learn and trust God. But sometimes this trust thing gets us. All right, I'm about to say something. You ready? Now watch this now. If he can't trust, if you can't trust him with your finances. Oh, look how quiet. Where them church mouses at? I can hear him running around here now. Y'all were all happy. I done, man, I done hit for the scratch in the record. Like we were dancing. We were having fun. Now, wait a minute. I believe this on the serious side. I believe this. And I'm not just saying this, y'all. Because the Bible says it. It says where your heart is, there also is your treasure. And here's what I realized. Here's what I realized. And some of you got to get this tonight. God, you to trust him with the thing that you value the most. And can I tell you something? We spend most of our time thinking about money. If I ask you how much money you got in your bank, you're going to be able to tell me to the penny. Maybe not to the penny, but you got a general idea of what, listen, because you checked it this morning. You were like, mm. <laughs> some of you in overdraft right now. You're like, hold on now, shoot. I, I don't want to look at that. You just, you just closed the app. <laughs> Come on, help me somebody. Listen, I mean, and, and, why, and watch this though, watch this though. But here's the thing, if, if you can't trust God with your finances, if you can't even trust God in that area, how can you trust God to do bigger things in your life? But here's what I believe. Here's what I believe. There are three common reasons that people distrust God. Write them down. Number one, you ready? We don't know him. The God that we imagine and the God in the Bible are two separate gods. The God we imagine is a God who will strike you down. That's the kind of God you think he is. Like, oh, my God, he's angry at me. He's always mad. He's, oh, my God, don't play with God. You know, what I mean? you know that kind of stuff. But no, that's not the God of the Bible. Because we do not know him. Somebody open their Bible. Go there to Exodus chapter 34. Let's, let's look at the word. Exodus chapter 34. Children of Israel, boy, they had a hard time, boy. You know what? You know, you know how I know they didn't know God? Because watch this. After they were delivered out of the, after they came through, came out of Egypt, after they got through the Red Sea, after Moses went up to the mountain, you know what they did? You know what these people did? They built a God that they imagined, a calf. And you know what they said? They said, it was our God. I'm like, how do you forget that easily? Can I, can I tell you something? We are very forgetful people. Once we get out of the storm, once we get out of the rain, once we get out of the pressure, guess what we start doing? We start going back to what we imagine. But listen, listen, listen. So, Exodus 34 verse 6. Look, look what it said. Look, look. Now Moses got mad. Moses broke the tablet. Moses had an anger problem, by the way. He... He had a serious problem. He, he needed to go to anger management. And, and listen, he didn't go to anger management, so he forfeited his journey into Canaan. That's where Joshua comes in, and Joshua now is the one that's going to take him in. But watch the text. The text says, 
uh, the covenant is renewed, right? Look at, look at verse 9. He says, he said, if now I've found favor in your sight, O Lord, I pray let the Lord go alone, along in our midst, even though the people are... They're stubborn. Moses is interceding for these people, right? God says, I'm going to kill them. Moses said, no, Lord, please. Lord, Lord, now, if you do it, they're going to say you brought us out here to kill us. Can I tell you something? Why God is still letting some of us go along the way we're going along? For his glory. Because his name is attached to you. Gosh, dog it. And because his name is attached to you, that's the reason why he doesn't roll the thunder down on you. You understand what I'm saying? But what I'm trying to help you with is this. You and I have to learn that no matter how difficult it gets, God never changes. He is the same today, tomorrow, and forevermore. He's the same. Watch the text. The text says the people are so obstinate and pardon our iniquity and our sin and take as your possession. Then the God, then God said, Behold, I'm going to make a covenant before all your people. I will perform miracles which have not been what? Produced in what? In all the earth, nor among any of the what? Any of the what? Nations. Watch this. I'm going to back up here for a minute. Watch this. And all the people of the nations. Uh, any of all the nations and all the people, back up to verse 6, it says, Then the Lord passed by in front of him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, watch, watch God, watch God, watch God now. God shows his attributes. You ready? What is he? That means merciful. Mercy. Okay, so, so, so the first thing you have to understand, if you're going to trust God, you have to understand that God is a compassionate God. In other words, you really deserve some stuff. Grace comes along, but mercy is the cousin to grace. And so mercy steps in and says, you know what, let me, I feel for you. Mercy is more like a feeling. So even though God wanted to destroy them, Moses prayed for them. God says, I want you to understand who I am. Saints, I pray that tonight and for the rest of the week that you begin to ask God, Lord, I want to know you. And the power of your resurrection. And the fellowship of your suffering. So that I may be able to conform to your image, God. Watch the text. The text says that God is what? Compassionate. And what? Gracious. Gracious. Who wouldn't serve a God like that? Can I tell you something? I don't deserve any of it tonight. I don't deserve anything I have as much as I feel sometimes that I deserve more. Whatever God has given is because of his grace. Do I? Watch the text now. He says he's compassionate. He's gracious. He's what? Ah, I told you that Sunday, right? He's what? Listen, listen. You think that, and this is why you got to get a proper view of God. You think that every time you mess up, God's mad. God's anger is so slow and so sudden. Oh, come on, somebody. And so temporary that you're still thinking he's mad at you and you're living like he's mad. Because you felt, well, you know, I, I messed up. I, 
I shouldn't have gotten involved with that brother. You know what I mean? Uh, um, I'm sorry. You know, still a part of my sin. But God is saying, I'm slow to anger. I'm compassionate. And here's the thing is, because of my com compassion, that's the reason. I'll There's that word again. In what? Loving kindness and what? Truth. Let me say this. Let me, let me explain something to you about God and truth. You can't live a lie and trust God. God wants you and I to live in truth, but he wants us to live under the truth. That's his word. See, and the longer you learn how to live under the truth, you will live a life that is true. Oh, I wish I had somebody. God says that he's looking for worshipers, right? And they that worship him. <laughs> you know when it says they must worship him in spirit and in truth? The truth that he's talking about is the fact that you know his word. And you're, you, you are basing your worship on the truth that was revealed by way of the Holy Spirit. Watch this now. And you understand God. And so that you are worshiping someone that you've become acquainted with. Oh, I thank God tonight that everything I need to know about God is found in this book. Everything I need is in this book. What I need to know about him is that fact, thank you God for your compassion. Because listen, 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 if God wasn't compassionate, oh, somebody say, where would I be? Look what verse seven says, who keeps loving kindness. For what? For what? Thousands. Who what? Who forgives. <laughs> I can trust this God. I can tr really trust him when I realize that God forgives my iniquity. First John 1 and 9 says, that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, I'm sorry, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, right? if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Christ died on the cross, you're saved, right? First John, and nine, First John 1 and 9 talks about the forgiveness for the believer, that he's, he will forgive you and he will cleanse you of all unrighteousness. He will forgive all of your sins and all you have to do is confess with your mouth, saints. Confess because he's a forgiving God. You understand what I'm saying? And here's the thing. Trusting God means this, that you are constantly walking in a way that pleases him. Are you with me? Watch the text now. He says, he says, he says look what he says now. He says he, he, he's a, he forgives uh, iniquity, transgressions, and sins. Wow. Yet he will not by he will by no means leave the what? You better get to know him. He will by no means leave the guilty unpunished, visiting the iniquity of the father on the children, on the grandchildren to the third and fourth generation. Now, that promise, this particular dispensation. That's not for us. That was for them. 
So you get, get that right, okay? So grandparents, whoo, Lord, you didn't save your grandchildren. All right, so, so that, 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 that period has passed, but he's still compassionate. <laughs> he still has loving kindness. He still loves you, okay? Watch this now. Watch this now. Mo, and I just wanted to show verse 8. He says, Moses made haste to bow low towards the earth and what? And worship. I told you, you can't stand up and worship. You got to bow low and worship. Worship is about an attitude of saying, God, I bow my head towards you because I love you and I know you, God. Listen, I'm trying to help somebody tonight. Listen, let me tell you something. If your, your breakthrough is tied into your trust, your blessings is start tied into your trust. Okay? Watch this now. Watch this now. I want you to go to 1 John 4 and 8. And we're going to go to that verse, verse 9 just so I can quote it right. <laughs> it, 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 it left my mind, man. Got a lot of things coming to my mind 100 miles an hour, man. First John, first John 4. Let's do First John 1. First John 1, 9. That if we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And it says, and if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. Pretending God knows we're sinners. God knows we messed up. Amen. God knows we're jacked up. Forget messed up, we're jacked up. Amen. We need to be somewhere. But he says, if you confess, watch this, if you confess us, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you of all. God does the cleansing. So when you get to know God, the moment you fall, sometimes when you fall, you're deceived. And you don't immediately recognize that you need to confess. And watch this. Here's what's so cold-blooded about falling, right? And not trusting God. The enemy will convince you that where you are is a good place. When all you're doing is destroying yourself. When all you're doing is push, pushing yourself further away from God. Right? 1 John chapter 4, verse 8. Let's look at verse 7. It says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Hold on a minute. There are so many people who don't have love in their hearts. There's no love there. I want to tell you something. I was one of those people. It took me a long time. To, I've just got to be transparent with you. I, it took me a long. I had, I had, I had love confused. I'm gonna put it like that. <laughs> okay, I had love and lust confused. Y'all, y'all ain't trying to hear me. Just, it, it, it was a confusion for me, and and then I thought that love was based on what a person does for me, not realizing it. That's not how it works. He says, he says, the one who loves is born of God and knows God. Watch this. How does a person get filled up with so much rage and anger and wrath and, and, and dissension and always angry and always upset 
at life and circumstances. Anybody ever been there before? How many of you been delivered? Like seriously, you've been delivered. You, you, you were there, right? Listen, listen. Love is produced by the Holy Spirit. It is a fruit. Amen. The Bible says that out of that nine fruits, one of them is love. Amen. Fruits of the Spirit, this first one is what? Love. And it's produced from a heart that trusts God but is developing spiritually. Are you with me? Watch what he says. The one who does not love, what? Does not know God. So the question is, can you trust someone you don't know? And let me say something about this love that he's talking about. The love that he's talking about is the love that you and I should imitate. There's no strangers in God's kingdom. When you walk through these doors, I could have met you the first time. If you're a believer and you believe in Jesus Christ and we believe the same thing, that's, you're automatically in the kingdom of God and we love one another. And the reason why I can love you is because I know God. The reason why I can love you is because I know God. And when the text says, if you know God, you will love one another. But the text also says, the one who does not love does not know God. For God is love. God is love. He's not just compassionate. He's just not merciful. He's just not slow to anger. He, he's not just a forgiving God, but God exemplifies. Listen, there's not even a word in the dictionary when you start thinking about God's love. How many ex have experienced God's love? How many can really say that he loves you? So, so watch this now. If you, why can't you trust? Why is it that you late with your trust? Why is it that when life hurts, you vacillate with your relationship and your trust with him. The reason why people distrust God. You ready? Because we distrust others. Amen. Because of our hurt and disappointment of the people, we equate that relationship with God. We think that God will do the same thing to us. How many got trust issues with people? Mm-hmm. Amen. It's real hard for you to trust somebody. May I ask you a question? How easy is it for you to trust God? You say, well, I, I don't know him. Well, you got to get to know him. He's love. Amen. Go to Psalm 103. Remember, this is Bible study now. I'm almost done. Psalm 103. It reminds us. Psalm 103 reminds us of God's character. His supernatural character. Can I tell you something? You cannot you got to get over those hurts. Those people who let you down. It wasn't God. 
And sometimes people say, oh, well, if God was so good, why, why is the world so messed up? If God's so good and powerful, right, why is Africa happening? Why is that happening? Why did the COVID-19, why did that building fall down and 92 people, 151 people are dead now? Why did that happen? Why didn't God stop it? Well, to do that is to command God to do something. And God doesn't do anything that nobody tells him to do. God is who he is. He's sovereign. Now, don't forget that. But here's the thing you have to remind yourself of. We live, so this will help you with your disappointments. We live in a fallen world, y'all. I'm going to say it one more time. This world is under a curse because of the original sin from Adam. Okay, so stop putting God in a box. Stop thinking that this is all going to be destroyed one day. We live in a, that's why things decay. That's why we get old. That's why we get gray hair. That's why we ain't got no hair. <laughs> you know what I mean? In the original, if Adam and Eve did mess up in the garden, guess what? We would not have aged. Sin is really what the issue is. And until Christ comes back, there's no remedy for sin but Christ. And how you can secure your way out of this hell hole, can I say it like that, is by giving your life to Christ. That's the only way. Now, if you want a perfect life, it ain't going to happen here. But you can have a blessed life. Watch this. And every now and then you'll experience some turbulence. And when those turbulence come, there's a relationship with God. Make it through the, the turbulence. Every time when you're flying, do you know what the pilot does when he hits turbulence? He goes a little higher. And then when he hits another pocket, he goes a little higher. I'm trying to help somebody. I'm trying to help somebody. When you hit those turbulence in life, you got to go a little higher. You got to go a little higher. And the higher you go, watch this, the, more, the smoother the ride is going to be. And somebody here tonight, I want to tell you something. You got to trust God and believe him. Look at, verse, look at verse 1. Bless the Lord and all that's within me. What? Bless. So, so let me show you something. Bless his what? Holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget. This is what I'm trying to help somebody with tonight. If you're going to trust God, you got to, you got to know him like this. The psalmist, the psalmist David here had been through many trials and up until this psalm, David had experienced so much in this life, but he had come to a place of trust. So he says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his, hey, you see, when you learn to trust God, you realize that he has a benefit package. Somebody here tonight, I want to tell you something. Um, <laughs> his benefits never run out. His benefits supersede what you can even accomplish in this life. Do I have anybody? And I want to say to somebody here today, when you retire from that job, they take the benefits. 
And then you got to get government benefits. But bless the Lord, oh my soul. Come on, somebody. And forget none his benefits. You can trust a God who has a benefit package and a retirement same way. That's why the scriptures I showed you tonight, it keeps, there's a, there's a theme here tonight. It keep, God keeps repeating himself, know me. I'm compassionate. I'm loving. I'm loving. I'm slow to anger. I'm forgiving. I love you. I got benefits. Come on, somebody. I pardon. I heal. I redeem. I crown. I satisfy. Come on, somebody. Look what he says. He says, who satisfy your years with her, with what? With good things. Who wouldn't serve a God like that? Look what he says. He says, he says, he satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. The Lord performs righteous deeds and judgments for all who oppress, who are oppressed. You see that? He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the sons of Israel. The Lord is. I'm trying to help you. He's what? Compassionate and gracious. What? About. He will not always strive with us. In other words, God says, I'm not going to always get into a wrestling match with you. I've been calling you, and you've been ignoring me. No, I wish I had somebody. I've been trying to pull you, but you've been pushing away from me. But yet, I'm still compassionate. Watch this. I wake you up every morning. I give you a reasonable portion of health and strength in your body. When you get tired, I make you strong. When you get weak, I show up right on time for you. When there's no way out, I make a way out for you. You want to tell me that you want to quit on me? No, you ain't going to quit on me. Listen, I'm not going to always strive with you. There's a breaking point with me and you. But the way you break that cycle, mm, you know I'm on this cycle breaking thing. You got to trust him. You got to trust him. The last thing, I, I, I got to go on, is it? You ready? Not only do we distrust others, but lastly, we misunderstand him. When we allow our limited knowledge of God to rub elbows with our distrust of others, we can arrive at a warped understanding of who God is. We can come to believe that cancer and rape and abuse and hunger are instruments in God's toolbox. And we approach him with raised eyebrows, with suspicion. And as a result, we offer little to him because we can't trust him. This world is under a curse. And if you're trying to save your life, you're going to lose it. But here's the thing. You can do something with your life. Go to Psalm 145. Hmm. I'm done, y'all. Psalm 145 and verse 13. Let's back up to verse 8. Verse 8 says what? 
if you write down these verses and look at them again. Look at these verses again. Start in your prayer time saying this, God, I know that you're gracious. I know that you're merciful. I know that you're not going to always trust. Teach me to trust you. It seems like a running theme in scripture, right? It's past God. I want to be able to trust this God. The Lord is good to all, and his mercies are what? Over all his works. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and your godly ones shall what? Bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power to make known to the sons of men your mighty acts. Look at that. And the glory of your, your, your kingdom, Lord, your kingdom, God, is what? Everlasting. It's an everlasting kingdom. That word everlasting, the kingdom. David refers here to the broader that God is an eternal king ruling over all creation eternally and forever. Do I have anybody? He says here, he says, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. So there's going to be another generation that come. And another generation that come. Watch this. But we got to be this generation. To show them that you can trust God. Amen. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. You can trust him. You can trust him. You can trust him. So you got to know him in order for you to what? Trust him. And so hopefully tonight, based on what we've learned tonight, amen, you will learn that. Next week I want to talk about answer the question now. You got to ask the We'll pick up there next week. Amen? Come on, let's thank God tonight for this word.